begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It's Milton and I, Star Raptor, here for Outer Rim transmission number 45. We may be joined by Ben, but we are having, of course, as most of the time, some technical difficulties with Skype. So, barring that in mind, we're going to get the show started because we have a lot to go over today. We have the finale of the Book of Boba Fett and a ton of streaming news, including the first premiere date for Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney+, Plus, plus a bunch of High Republic announcements on top of that, as well as some Ahsoka news, too, that came in on the ninth hour on Friday before we were recording. So we're going to dive right into our week in Star Wars. I had to dig this one up because I kind of was like, oh my gosh, I don't have anything to talk about. But I did get this a while back for Christmas, and I think it's pretty cool. So this is the Star Wars Archives book. Now, this book is one of those kind of coffee-style books because you don't want to be lugging this thing around. This thing is right. freaking massive. And it used to be double the size as far as, like, the width, and it condensed it down to a more digestible kind of, like, thing. But it is so neat when I tell you, Milton, because it's got, like, actual transcripts of dialogue like like photographs of the dialogue and like manuscripts and photos i haven't even ever seen before and it tells you like the entire history of like star wars george lucas how he got it in his mindset and all this kind of really cool things now right. i know you like a lot of the behind the scenes stuff have you ever heard of the star wars archives or maybe have looked into it or anything like that I've heard reference of it. I mean, I've never obviously read them like you have in that sense, but you're right. I do like the behind the scenes stuff. And actually that kind of reminds me of a documentary. I still happen to stumble upon throughout my star Wars experience. Just, just cause I love it is the, uh, the history channel, star Wars, uh, legacy, uh, thing that they did. It was really awesome. Cause again, that's a lot of the archive stuff that they pull, but even like looking at all the documentaries, I feel like the reference book that you have, they probably pull from a lot of that because it's a lot of like that history uh, of like how he made the film, what was he mm -hmm. thinking, what mm -hmm. um, what influences that had on George Lucas as a as a young guy from Modesto, Modesto, California. Yeah. So yep. I don't have the book, but I think that's something I probably should invest in. Obviously, that should be part of my Star Wars collection, in no doubt. Yeah, they have all, they have an addition for the prequels as well. It just goes through the first uh, three original trilogy movies. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to diving into this. I got to set myself like a goal, like maybe read five pages a week because it has been since like December since I've really peeked into this one. But it's definitely worth the read. Now, I, I'm I, maybe this will be your our week in Star Wars for this week. But you did send us some pictures earlier yes, on our, our messenger chat. And, and you want to talk about those because there are some pretty cool things that, that were in those pictures. Yeah, so like like you guys know, I love to go looking for vintage video games, toys, or whatever. And that's a town, Greencastle, Pennsylvania, that's near me. It's about 20 minutes from my house. They have every month, first Sunday of the month, they do like a little like showcase toy collectible. And there's maybe like 50, 60 vendors that show up at this thing. It's really dope. And as I'm at the show, I'm seeing Funko Pops. I'm seeing Star Wars comics. So one of the comics I took a picture of, was Splinter of the Mind's Eye? Ooh, it was, it yeah. was an original. It was an original edition. It was for, it was wrapped. I think the price might have been a couple hundred bucks. I wasn't trying to buy it. I mean, it was awesome, but there's no way I would have afforded it. Um, but <laughs> I took a picture, sent that to Chris and Ben. Um, another couple things I saw Star Wars related was uh, a whole bunch of Legos. They had a lot of Lego sets there at this convention. I'm talking about not the little like 
kid ones. I mean, I'm talking about the massive, like, thousand pieces. And I sent Chris and Ben a couple shots of some of the ships that were built. And, again, those are hundreds of dollars that they want to charge for this. But a lot of it's, like, the original the original pieces that they bought, like, back in the early 2000s or, you know, mid-2000s or it's even late 90s. So that type of thing was cool to see. I love going to this particular show that's once a month. And I always try to send pictures to Ben and Chris when I stumble upon these things. Yeah, we have Chris Forsyth. Thanks for joining the chat. He's one of our loyal watchers and, and listeners. He's asking, is that anywhere close to Philly? Uh, no, it's it's probably like three hours away from Philly, and it's like 20 minutes from my house, and I'm like two and a half hours from Philadelphia. Ah, okay, okay. Yes, yeah. yeah, so that would be quite but a hike what for they me. Do, so it's sponsored by this toy shop that's near me. It's called Kryptonite Toys, and they do do a lot of traveling shows. So they'll, they'll, they'll travel to different conventions. Uh, they'll, they'll try to link up with different vendors to, to, to come to their, like, you know, sponsored event closer to my area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and one of the things I really liked that I pointed this out, I was like, oh, they have the vendor Lego Star Destroyer. Yes. Like, I didn't even know that thing existed. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So it, it's really cool, man. Like, I, I go to this at least once, once a month, maybe every other month. It's cool. Like, especially, like... If I'm in a mood for like a Funko, so right now I've been collecting uh, some like rappers. I think I have like 50 Cent, or no, I have a Notorious B.I.G., Tupac. I think I collected the Mighty Ducks. I'm working on getting that whole like District 5 Mighty Ducks team. So that like this is the place to go. I actually almost bought, non-Star Wars related, almost bought a Mega Man statue that was about this big. Literally oh. almost bought it from my office. And there is a, <laughs> there is a Darth Vader that's grown man size. At this convention that I always never buy, but it's so tempting to get. So, oh, how big is it? Would you say it's like it's a like it's inch? like six foot. Oh, it's a full. It's, yeah, it's, it's a grown man sized Darth Vader. Oh it's like, my it's a model, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Like it's it's cool though, because like I said, it's all these different vendors, all of them from the tri-state area. Mm-hmm. So we have people from Jersey that that spawned to jump into the sponsorship, Philadelphia, uh, Maryland. You know, there's a couple of Ohio people that come over. It, it's a cool place where these vendors, like, link up throughout the year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I just love going to these places that have so much cool memorabilia and old school figures because a lot of the times yeah. I'm like, I completely forgot this figure exists. It's just yeah. a lot of fun. For me, I don't really collect anymore just because, as you see around me, there's not really much place to right, put right, anything right. else. And here's the thing, Chris. <laughs> there there are a lot of... And I, I, I need to send you guys pictures next time I go. There are a lot of the Power of the Force collection that's there. Remember those? And then, obviously, the Phantom Menace collection uh, when they they came out. So, yeah, I actually almost bought a Luke Skywalker from the Power of the Force collection. Like, trust me, there's times where I just need to just pull the trigger. Dude, yeah, those those are what I am most nostalgic for. Those Power of the Force the Vader Dude, mask I, in the background. It's, awesome. it's just like, oh man, one of these days I'm yeah. gonna pull out my my big I have like three big clear bins full of Star Wars figures that yeah. my mother knows not to ever get rid of because right, I right, still right. have everything. Believe it or not, you always hear the horror stories of, of the people oh, yeah. it's leaving. Crazy. It's crazy. And then my, they come back mom... and their mom sells everything. It's like, no. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Cause like my, my brother's listening right now, he's watching, and he knows like our mother. Would, would sell our Nintendo 64 if she could. But we, like, refuse not to let her do that, you know? So yeah, it's yeah. stuff like that where it's like, I'll take it or, like, I'll have my brother hold it or something if he needs to just because we know our, our mother. 
And right now, we're in the process of trying to collect some old video games for like our system. So that's why I go to these places too. Yeah, yeah. So, so there you have it. Let us know in the comment section down below. Do you guys have any local little conventions that sell? all the stuff that we love and care about, even as grown men, let us know in the comment section down below. Um, right. If we're getting into the show today, I want to send a shout out to everybody watching live. You can always watch us live on YouTube at nine o'clock Eastern time here on youtube.com slash star Raptor. And you can always listen to us after the fact on your drive to work on your workout at the gym over on Spotify on any of these streaming platforms or downloadable sites, and uh, you could just search up Outer Rim Transmission, you'll find us there. And if we aren't where you occasionally download things, let us know and we'll try to fix that. So getting into a, our headline, of course, and, and it's funny because this would normally be the biggest headline, but there's almost something even more, even bigger than that, and that is the Book of Boba Fett we're going to be talking about first on tonight's show. We're going to talk about, spoiler-free, of course, first right off the bat and i'm gonna throw this to milton first your initial impressions because i'm gonna mm -hmm. pull ben in it looks like he is ready to come in here finally so you can start us off right yeah so i was able to watch this episode today so it's still fairly fresh in my head um initial thoughts and we'll get into the spoilers in a minute my initial thoughts were it was just a, a solid episode it was a solid finale i love the visual effects i wanted the visual effects stood out for me especially the, the you know, the Rancor, you know, that was pretty cool. It looked very well done. It didn't look very much, uh, it didn't look like a CGI character, honestly. It was very much reminding me of, like, like a Godzilla type a lot of times. Like, a lot of the shots were like Godzilla, especially towards the end when he was fighting the Mando. But, um, yeah, I, I love the visual effects. I love the music. I thought the, the plot was a little up and down. However, I think I know what they were trying to do. Um, and obviously, they, they did set us up for a season two, from my from my impression. So it was a solid episode. It was a, it was a good finale. It wasn't a great finale. I will say this was one of the better episodes when it comes to Robert Rodriguez's directing, since since he's been a part of this show a lot. So yeah, that, those are my initial thoughts. Yeah, there was. I think that's kind of echoes for me the most most of my thoughts. I agree with you. The Rancor looked awesome. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about him tonight. But it did kind of wrap up everything that was yeah. set up in the first episode, right? It came through at the end where it really pulled through for me and it ended up being something that was satisfying to a certain mm -hmm. degree. Yes, was yeah. it was it perfect? No. But what it did well is it showed us finally like the, the capabilities of Boba Fett. He, you know, when he has to fight, he will fight at this point. And it it could have it could have left us off, I think, with a little bit more of a teaser. I think it's you know, right. It's thing of Cobb Banth at the end was a little bit of a given. So I was like, eh, okay. But yeah, and, and I'm already realizing I'm. I said spoiler free, and I'm already spoiling crap. So there you go. But uh, I'm gonna throw it over to Ben, who joins us. How's it going, man? Good, good. Apparently, apparently my Skype had to update, so it wouldn't let me sign out. So I had to uninstall it and reinstall it. So now I'm here. And we're here all on PCs this time, too. So there we go. Yep. We've, we pulled it yep. off in the middle of recording and, and being live. We somehow managed to do it. So what were your hey, thoughts on, on, on uh, I was going to say Mando. We keep, I keep confusing it. Book of Boba yeah, Fett I mean, finale. What were your initial impressions? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was listening to you guys while I was doing this. I, um, I agree with some of your points. To me, 
I thought the finale was weak. I thought it was fine, but I thought it was um, weak and had some problems overall for the overall series. We'll get into that next week for our series review. So stay tuned for that. Anybody listening? And um, for this episode specifically, I just really, I think it was fine, which I feel like we've came out a lot of episodes of this show going, it's fine. And I think this is another one. Like, sure, there was some action um, that was nice. The Rancor was nice. The, um, of course, the action between Boba finally jumping into things was nice. And between him and Mando, of course, seeing Grogu, um, all of those sorts of things are great. Um, but, you know, there were just some issues with, I think, with Boba's character um, in particular. And also, I, uh, yeah, I just, I just thought it was fine overall. And then how they handled Cad Bane is was shaky in my opinion because i think his character should have been set up early on in the season because for the general audience it's like why is this guy even a villain you know why is he menacing or anything like like what's the point like to me if you if you don't know cad bane and you just watch that you're just like okay what's what's the point like why is he significant to boba like sure he says that one line but other than that i just think they should have set him up as the Pike's bouncer from the beginning, from like episode one or two and gone from that direction. So, uh, yeah, overall, I thought it was fine, but we'll get into it. Yeah, I, I this episode felt like the last stand at the Alamo for me, like this entire episode. I liked how we actually got to see a war. I thought it was interesting how they decided to fight in the city, to like help the people and like have have the people show like how heroic Boba Fett can be and how he's for the people and all sort of thing. I liked, I loved the buildup. I thought it was great how they're like, Oh, we're going to station these people over here. We got Kersantan for whatever reason in the trend ocean era. It's like, that's never going to end. Well, we know the history between those two warring species. And then it's like the, those poor Gamorreans, man, as I was watching them get like thrown off. And we're going to just go into spoilers at this point. There's no point in being around the bush. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Let's, let's, let's get into this because let me let me start this one, okay? So like, like I said, I love the visual effects of this episode. It was probably one of the best visual effects of this season, especially with the rancor. Like, I I don't know anyone that's been complaining about that rancor. I was mm-hmm. very surprised how they made it move very smooth and very fluid. I was very surprised by that. I have to agree with Ben about boat with Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. He he, it, it's it's it was too late. You know, and and I don't I don't think they and Chris, I watched your videos this week that you put out. And for those listening and watching us, Chris's little short videos he puts out about each episode are amazing. Like, go check them out. They they get great traffic and he does a really good job at breaking down that particular subsection of each particular episode. But you talked about Cad Bane, quote unquote, dying. I don't think he's dead. No, but if if, if they do kill him, that's a waste. Like, why would you bring in a character like that? And just kill him off. I don't think he's dead. I think he's alive. But we should have gotten more of him. I think I think if we would have got him in episode three moving forward, then I think that scene would have had more impact. I think Boba's confrontation with with Kent with Cad Bane would have been more impactful, especially the dialogue. Because you know they have a history. He they, they clearly and they did a really good job explaining that, but I think more episodes would have fleshed it out more and gave it more purpose. Yeah, I, I do like that entire conversation and the way it was resolved with 
You know, mm -hmm. you have Cad Bane that knows every style, every move that Boba Fett's going to pull on him. He, you know, we know that Cad Bane's the better sharpshooter, the better, the better gunslinger, if you will. But what Cad Bane doesn't know is the the, the skills as a warrior that he learned from the Tusken Raiders, and it kind of reminded me a lot of that duel between Obi Wan and Maul. Where it's like you have Maul that spent all, you know, Obi-Wan spent all these years replaying in his mind the move that killed his master Qui-Gon. And so he was able to switch his stance to be able to negate that same move he had seen coming. It was kind of the same thing with Boba Fett where he's like, yeah, I'm not out of the fight yet. And he was able to take him out. So I think for a character moment, seeing that again, that history coming back to play and also finding out the revelation that, that uh, it wasn't the Nikto speeder gang that actually killed the Tusken Raiders. So with that victory over Cad Bane and the Pikes, you get that kind of resolution and, and sort of that um, uh, vengeance against against these people for his, you know, avenging his Tusken Raider people. So I liked it from that perspective. But again, yeah, like like Milton uh, was saying about the video I made earlier, it's it's it seems like and what Ben was saying, it seems like he, he should have been in this a little bit more, right? Because I'm looking at people like my my mother or Ben. I know you had said something about your grandmother was asking about yep. who's this character. Like a lot of the general casual audience, even my girlfriend, were like, hey, this guy looks really cool. Like, what's his deal? And then he's dead the next episode. It's like, huh? Like, that seems like, again, at least maybe introduce him in episode two or three if they were going to kill him ultimately. But like this far into the show... It just seems a little bit strange. And now the fact that we have Cobb Vanth, we see how he's getting res resurrected. We're seeing how uh, right. Mignot Wen's character, Fennec Shan, getting resurrected. Like, it just seems like, okay, well, he's also a Duros. He's an alien species. We don't know if he has, like, <clears throat> two hearts or something like that. I haven't looked that far into it. But, like, it's a possibility. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. He, well, here's the thing with all that, too. Um I just think when it comes to that, well, for side note, I think the post-credit scene was hot trash. I can just say that. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree with that. It but, was not needed. Like <laughs> no, but but if, if you, we'll, we'll get into that later. But uh, but yeah, that that was trash. But now when it comes to like um the Cad Bane stuff, I just think I just think he should have been established more in live action for the people that haven't seen it because you could have put any you know, a uh, CW villain of the week in that spot. And it would have the same effect. Like you could have just had a Pike leader right. go. We were the ones that killed the, killed the Tuscans. Not Ben not speaking of whatever. Ben speaking of CW. Cause that reminded me of, cause how many times has characters in a CW ver Arrowverse have like died and come back like two seasons later? Well, well yes. In CW and in star Wars, like, don't give me, I was talking to one of my good friends about it. Nothing against him and nothing against anybody that thinks Cad's dead. But you can't give me, oh, he's dead. But then we have, okay, Darth Maul chopped in half. We have the Emperor, we have the Emperor exploded in a Death Star, totally blown to pieces. And he was back to life looking pretty good in episode nine. Oh, no, <laughs> no you get one. And Leia got blown oh, Leia. up, tossed yeah. out of space, was freezing, and forced pushed herself back to the ship yeah. and lived. Yeah, so an alien getting stabbed in the side of his chest and then his chest plate blinking and stuff, let's probably call him Toto to come and pick him up. So like <laughs> I just I just think I just think it was it was really shaky. You could have put in any character in there and it would have had the exact same effect. And then I just think overall, again, like I said before, not to I'm not trying to sound harsh on this. Like I said the series I think the finale was fine, but but I just think they um, had a lot of missteps, and I, I 100% solidified myself. I'm, 
I'm not a fan of Rodriguez's directing style at this point. Um, and I just think when it comes to CAD, like, I feel like it was a waste. Like, you're wasting a le basically, you're wasting another legacy character. In my opinion, you're wasting another legacy type character just to kill him off to get Boba to a point. And the best part is, the, the best part I loved about this, like, this is not to sound snarky or anything about, about Boba's character arc or anything, but even Cad Bane is kind of like us in the audience. Boba, what's your angle here? Like, wh what are we doing here, Boba? Are you, are you a crime lord? Are you, you know, and then he even says when he's celebrating at the end, are we even cut out for this? Like, or whatever he says to Fennec. So what is his angle? And, you know, Cat had a point there. Yeah, I think that that basically has, and, and like you said, we're going to be talking about the series as a whole next week, looking at good, the bad, and all the episodes yep. that we liked and didn't like. But um, that's kind of like on a, a, a small scale, what, what you're explaining with Cat Bane, it's like, what was Boba's angle? It's kind of like, yeah, that's what we're all thinking still. I, I feel like that's my feelings yeah. on, the, on the show after this episode. It's like, what was his angle to actually... Because that's one of my negatives about this episode. He's like, what is his angle about getting this position to be in, in charge? Like, like yeah. he says, oh, the, the, the spice. Well, show us the spice. Like, show us why the spice is such a bad thing. Because all we hear about, it, oh, it's bad. Yeah, okay. It's like maybe space cocaine in Star Wars or something. But it's like... Yeah. Why is that a well, bad thing? Show us the evidence of like a character using it and abusing it and gunfights happening, killing innocents. Like we didn't really see any innocents getting killed or anything. Yeah, well, well, that. And then my thing as well, when it comes to speaking of like innocent people, like we really never got a pure connection of Boba. Like why, like why does Boba care about the people of Moss Espa who definitely don't seem to care about Tuscan Raiders? Like if anyone he should have been staying with, it should have been the Tuscans. Like why? Why why commit yourself to to the Moss Espa people when you know you lived with the Tuscans all these years? You cared about the Tuscans. So like, you know, I, I just think there was a lot of like missteps with Boba's character in this episode specifically. Like even um, you know, we mentioned it in the in the um the intro of the episode, like, you know, them staying in the city to fight and everything. And I thought that's such a big misstep because like, why wouldn't you just tell everybody, hey, let's go back to this big fortress castle we basically have in Jabba's palace and stake out there like like we had those type of things that to me made Boba seem uh less smart I guess like he like I feel like I feel like this series like I said we're not doing a series re review but even this episode I feel like this episode sh like made Boba continue to make boneheaded choices like even we all love the Rancor and everything but here's my question like like, really, to think about it. And I didn't even think about it until just this morning. My my best friend pointed it out to me. Me and him were talking about it. Like, when Boba left to go get the Rancor, the Rancor is presumably at the palace. Why don't you just get the Slave One and bring that back and blast that droid all to pieces? Here's like, the thing. I was, I was thinking about that, too, but I think it would cause, like, maybe too... And this is kind of irrelevant, but, like, too much collateral yeah. damage because, like, the, the yeah. explosions I mean, and all. Uh, God, dude, they have God's But the Rancor ran there, through the freaking building. Like, 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 that's why I, I told you, like, it looked like got like a lot of the shots looked like a Godzilla film when he was climbing up the little yeah. tower. Yeah, it looked great. He's ripping King off, Kong. yeah, King Kong, yeah, King Kong Godzilla. He's ripping off pillars and stuff, and it's like you're still doing. It's it's kind of like the whole like Avengers thing, you know, blowing up the city and leaving the people with the damage and all that stuff like that, you know, or even like with you know the MCU crap. But like 
I don't know. <laughs> I just felt like I just felt like the the purpose of what Boba was trying to do. Because I questioned at the end. I'm thinking, well, what's he going to do now? Like, like what's what's the now new a plot leading into season well, two? Because that's, that's how most shows. Go ahead. That's the issue I had. Right? Is they they yeah. misuse they misuse the post credit scene because they should have had yes. a scene that like teased a conflict to come or another or let's say the black the black sun the black sun are out there or something like like who's gonna come next or or the huts i mean they already showed the twins but where's the resolution there oh we're not coming because we're scared of the pikes since why are the huts scared of the pikes the huts have yeah. never cared about the pikes uh, the huts are way higher like if you're looking at like a tier system it's like you have like the pikes at the lower end of the barrel then it's like the black sun the huts and then Crimson Dawn's in there somewhere. So oh, I don't know why I, the heck the huts were that scared of the pikes to begin with to pull out. Yeah, I mean you have that and, and like you said, you mentioned like even you know the misuse of the post credit scene. Like, okay, if you want to do the back to tank, like we're all big on basically Boba being the nice guy at this point. I mean, like that's what we got for the first six episodes anyway. So like my thing is why why don't you have Boba be the nice guy again and give Cad Bane a second chance and have, have that be Cad Bane in the back to tank or something like, you know, I, I don't know. I just think, I just think there was a lot of missteps. And then like with the post credit scene, forget, uh, like I said, I think the Cobb Vant thing was totally irrelevant. And then to see, to have more of the modding stuff teased, I just rolled my eyes at it. I'm like, I don't need that. Um, yeah, that, that was kind of I don't, so I don't like, understand what you have to get modded for. If you got shot in the shoulder. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm like, what? You gonna turn him into a cyborg? Like, I like you're 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 ruining that character. He don't need that. Like, he doesn't Robo need Cop. all that extra stuff. Yeah, he doesn't need oh, that. Oh, there's and, a great picture out there. I sent it to my buddy Chad of somebody put up a thing called RoboCop, and it's literally RoboCop with Cobb Vance's head <laughs> oh, on it. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, to me, like you know, again, like I said, the finale wasn't trash. There was a lot of no, good things no, about no, it. No. There's some it questionable things trash. about no. it. Like, you know, it's the fact that like. Most finales and most shows, they, they conclude their story. Yep. Then they tease us for something for next season or yes. a new plot B or plot A or whatever. All you needed to do was whenever they showed that shot of the groups talking at the end about the, the melon, just pan out the camera of a figure standing who's standing in the far distance with the camera watching yep. them talk. Yeah. And, yep. it, and, it, and it show up from their POV. Yeah. And be like, wait, who's watching them? Like, well, is, see, is there no, like, Yeah. Well, well, Milton, I thought that's what was going to happen because, you know, when it was focused on Boba and yeah. Fennec, it kind of zoomed out. It wasn't really up close on him. I was like, ooh, are we going to about to pan to, like, I don't know, a Crimson Dawn spy or, like, somebody, or, like, spying or somebody? Or, 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 or could have been Kira from the background saying, okay, yep. this is who I got to deal with coming up. Like, and I know, Chris, you're, you're a big Kira fan and you want her in the show. Like, it's, again, she would have been a perfect villain for season two, knowing that the Pikes... The whole, like, you know, tying him with Crimson Dawn, maybe, or Red Sun, or whomever, like, that could have been fire. Because she's in the comics currently, correct? Yeah. Kira? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like, she, she's around this timeline. So that would have been so dope. Well, or even even the facts with, um, speaking of, like, um, Kira and, like, the, like the, um, the criminal element to it. Okay, the ending... You have Fennec going and like executing the, the leaders yeah, of the fight, basically. Was, I thought that was a waste. That was, again, why, you know, Okay, Fennec is badass. Like, I love Fennec, everything, etc. 
but why don't you have Boba doing that? Like, Thank I don't, you. I don't get it. Like, like well, to me, I was at least waiting for a confrontation. I want him to talk to him and say, this is what you deserve. Like the and typical then him Boba. Walk out, and then him walk yeah. out or something and Ben no, takes here, care of him. Like, here. just something. I, I, I just think they powered down his character in this series, and it's a yeah. shame. Hey, here's the opinion. thing. Here, here's the thing. That scene in particular in Maz Eisley and that, that little outpost there with the pikes, I actually got the thought of, oh my gosh, what happens if this isn't Fennec? Because it was almost like a, a like a thriller, like a horror movie mm -hmm. sequence because you just start seeing people getting off and you don't know who it is. I thought right. it was going to be some like death stick or some kind of assassin yep. from um, Crimson Dawn because like right. they can't let anybody like say anything about like spill or guts about anything about them uh, existing. So I thought it was going to be an Chris, assassin. Chris, your idea right there take them would out. have been a perfect segue for season two. Yeah, yep. your, your, your well, idea because because again you could have said wait who if, if it's not if it's not Boba if it's not Finnick or or Mando who's taking them out and you just have somebody just like like walk across the screen like in black you don't see him You're like well who did that who executed well, this group of people well the funny thing that you you say that Milton and Chris so my best friend I was talking about you know we watch um, the Star Wars shows together when they come out he brought that up like before we knew it was Finnick he said oh my gosh. Is this going to be like Kira and her gang taking out these people? And I was like, I don't know, is it? And then like, it wasn't. And you know, because I don't that that's what this show's been missing is that like kind of hook to hook yeah. you into the next thing. And and like that's the biggest weakness. Like, of course, we're not doing the show review, but that's the biggest weakness as a whole is the hook. Like last week for episode six and even episode five, we got hooks with Mando. And, um, you know, it, it just hooked, I think it really hooked mm -hmm. you really well because you didn't know, you know, how Mando was going to team up with Boba, that sort of thing. You know, that's what we're missing with this. But like, um, you know, overall, I, I, I think they tried to make the storybook ending, I guess you would say, like have a perfect kind of a wrap to the story too well, where there's no cliffhanger. And I think you still need a little bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the good. I yeah, did I like, we can, we can, we can hop back on the positives. <laughs> I did like how, <laughs> say what you will about that, that counselor assistant major demo guy. <laughs> I actually kind of liked him in this episode. Yeah. He had some funny Wait, did, things. Like, did he, he live? I don't remember. Did he, he live? lived? Yeah, Jeez. he survived. But, All right. But I like the whole sequence when like Boba Fett sends him out there to like read yeah, the, the terms cool. of surrender, and then as he's reading it, it dawns on him like, "Oh crap, this isn't a surrender notice." <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then it's just like, but he's like, "That's the bloodthirsty Boba Fett that I've kind of wanted to see." He's like, he's no nonsense. Like he's like, "No, I'm not getting anything from you guys. You're gonna yeah. have to get off of here." And I liked how he kind of put his foot down, and and prevented that you know, from happening. And, and then that one moment where they both fly out was so awesome. <laughs> they have a Boba well, Fett flying out with their jetpacks. That, that was one of the cheering yeah, moments. Yeah, that, that and the that, that was moment. I was like, dude, he's just firing his knee rockets out, like shooting people at the same. But the score for his theme song specifically, that whatever that is, like his theme song, when it plays, you know, he's getting into action. So like, I love seeing Boba hop into action in that sequence. Um, and, uh, you know, just him and Mando teaming up, it was just such a cool team up because, you know, it's like the dream team at this point. And and I just I really, really enjoyed their, um, you know, just just how they shot it all, 
how, uh, you know, like you said, seeing Boba use his knee rockets fly out, like all that stuff. It just, uh, we had those type of moments. And like, I was just sitting here thinking to myself, this is what we wanted all season. Um, So like, I just, I really enjoyed that. I'm glad they let him, you know, spring into action in this episode. Yeah. And it's always that, that conception of like, Oh, what's the difference between Mando and the book and Boba Fett? Like, we're gonna come out this Mandalorian show, but but we've had this established bounty hunter named Boba Fett. Are people gonna be confused? And now we're at the point where we're in like the third season of this Mandoverse, and we have Boba Fett literally in the same frame as Mando, just like completely doing their own kind of handiwork with their gadgets, flamethrowers, and all going in. Um, so so and, and what I liked about the episode is. I actually kind of enjoyed the pacing. Now, at certain points, yeah, they could have edited down some things yeah. of, like Mando running away from the Scorpius droid or whatever it's called. But I like the hooks that the episode itself had with the combat. There was always um, somebody in peril and somebody being saved. Like at first, they're getting outgunned, and then the people of Free Freetown come by. And then at one point, Grogu shows up. And then at one point, a Rancor shows up. And then so they had like constant like one ups on themselves to like keep the progress going. Um, and it really gave me that sort of like Rogue One feel of like in the trenches, especially when they're being outnumbered and those big ass machines are walking through. That to me, I really enjoyed. So so did you guys also kind of enjoy and, and, and were entertained by by some of those sequences? Yeah, I mean, I, I I loved whenever Mando put out the dark saber. Like that's cool. yeah. I, I mean, that's fire. Like legit. Because even him, like, and actually, I liked how he referenced their weapon types. He said like their kinetic energy, or was it? Yeah, their kinetic energy versus our like bolt energy blasters or something. Like it's it's counterbalancing each other pretty much. So it's cool to see like they have that smarts and they are they are aware of like okay, we can't beat these guys in like an actual fight. Fight. We got to be smart. So it was cool how they they point out that I was like okay that's typical Mandalorians they know they know, they know weaponry they know how to do all that. What my my biggest takeaway from all the action was how important the Force still is throughout Star Wars mm-hmm. because obviously Grogu this little two foot maybe one foot animal <laughs> put uses the Force to put a, a, a Rancor to sleep like how fire is that and it's oh, like. Man. Like and, and it's crazy how this show, this show is all about bounty hunters, the underworld, the grittiness, the last you know of Star Wars, which is great. It's what we want, but then you still emphasize how important the Force is, which is a great thing. I kind of felt that was a negative too with this particular episode, just because it's like I thought I thought we're trying to get away from that. We're trying to focus on like the other side of Star Wars, but like I said, this is why we actually need a show. As more based upon the Force and Jedi's and Sith and stuff too, but like I said, I, I love the action. I love seeing Grogu back. I love seeing Mando and uh, Boba teaming up. I love the townspeople showing up actually mm-hmm. and like defending their town and like just getting in that grind. And I felt there was real stakes. I thought people were going to die. Like mm-hmm. I thought I thought Chrysanthemum was going to die. Swear to God. But oh man, I, I, what I, I was a wrong. I, I legit thought he was going to die. That was bad. I love going back to like that first sequence when like the Trandoshans just like reveal themselves as, you know, going after him and they just pull out their yeah. swords and people start screaming bloody murder and he's just yeah. like you can see how powerful he is. Just like holy crap, especially with the weapon he has. It's just like shoots people in midair and they fly backwards like the amount of force and he has to like get covered by like five or six of these Trandoshans and then he's still May I just like walk out of that whole situation? Like that guy, 
is the MVP, man. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, I agree with both of your guys. A lot of your guys' points there. Like, you know, the action, um, it was done pretty well. So at some points, the fight, I did think the editing, um, it just something about the editing I thought could have been improved. Like, it, sometimes at some points, like it felt like the fight was getting drawn out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I I don't know I felt like it, it kind of get a little got a little draggy but other than that like I just think the um the fight played out pretty well um overall like you said Chris like the pacing like jumping around from like this is going on this is going on this is going on like all these different things and then of course um you know during the fight you know I, also I think it's so funny man Amy Sanders' character she definitely is not a good babysitter because she goes and <laughs> takes Grogu into this battle. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, whoa, like, hold up here. Like, I, I figured Grogu, you know, and her were going to be at the very end once it got resolved. Like, oh, hey, look, we showed up with your friend. And it's like, oh, wait, we're going to show up in this big battle. Like, I thought that was just a funny little moment. Her character's grown on me because I wasn't a big fan of it at yeah. first. And her character's grown on me. Like, it's it's just she's the new kind of comic relief. And it and she, I think she's really hit her stride on it. And fun, fun little thing about her. Um, I was reading an interview with her. Uh, uh, earlier in the week, and apparently she doesn't uh, call it Grogu on set. Like she still just says Baby Yoda. Like she refuses to say Grogu. Actually, so it was like a fun little, you know, just a fun little thing about her. Um, but yeah, I th- I think the whole fight went well. Um, and of course, having the Grogu and Mando re- reunion during it was was pretty epic in my opinion because yeah. you know stakes were on the line for stakes were on the line for Mando. Of course, we knew Mando wasn't going to die or anything, but but, you know, stakes were on the line for Mando. Grogu was getting involved, so he was in danger. And, you know, that was the shot everybody wanted. Like, everybody was waiting on that shot, um, whether it be in this show or Mando Season 3 or whatever. Like, we were all waiting on the Grogu-Mando reuni- reunion, and it happened a lot earlier than I think a lot of people expected. And, you know, again, this episode, though, shows how popular... popular um, uh, popularized Grogu is to the overall grander scale audience because there's so many people that I saw like posting the the gif of Grogu and Mando hugging or people just posting oh my gosh Grogu's back or blah 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 like you know people get so excited over that character and you know that just shows you how important he is to in my opinion he's the most important character in Star Wars right now yeah I, and, and here I'll back that up too before you go on Chris like I've been watching a lot of the reactions on YouTube of like the Luke episode and literally every I'm talking about grown men and women are like, Oh my God, baby Yoda's back. Like starts crying. And obviously the hype about Luke, but like, they're like, Oh, he's such a cute, precious guy. Like everyone loves that character, you know? So you're, you're not wrong. This emphasize how important that character is. I, I think Grogu, honestly, this might be blasphemy, but he might be a top five Star Wars character right now in the sense He's, of, like, of oh, all yeah, time. Definitely. In, in at, my, least, at least top ten. In my, no, in my opinion, Milton, I think an overall impact, I yeah. I, I think I think he's top three. He in my opinion, it's I think him and Vader are like right there, right in the top two spots, like back and forth right now, because like Vader has the similar impact, of course, in a totally different way. Right. But Grogu Gro- I mean, basically, if you look at it this way, Vader has the dark side impact where we're all like, oh, my gosh, what's Vader going to do? And Grogu has the light side impact of like, holy crap, Grogu's back. Like, because when he when he's on screen, 
you know, everybody's just glued he, to the screen. That's what I'm saying. Everyone's like, glued to the screen. Yeah. yeah because like, he, he can walk. I mean, literally in these reactions, people, he was skipping across the rocks and like, oh, like people crying about that. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Like that. I mean, yeah. that's a great thing, but well, it's like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, well, that's like there's there's a there's a girl I know. She she watches, you know, this show and she texted me at like six o'clock in the morning that day. She was like, holy F, Grogu's back. And I and I texted her back when I finally woke up at like 10 in the morning. I was like, yeah, like he's back because because, you know, people just, you know, people were waiting on the Mando Grogu reunion. And that's what they got. And, and it and it hit so perfectly. And to me, you know, um, props to. Uh, everybody involved with like the Mandoverse of shows and things like I uh, tweeted about earlier in the week. I'm at a point now and I can say this too, honestly, and it's not even just overreacting the way in my opinion, Boba has been handled this season alone and the way Mando has been handled through the Mando shows and then through his appearance in this show, like they've made me like Mando and Grogu more than I like Boba Fett, actually. Yeah. Like I, I'm at a point now where I just don't really care much about Boba Fett personally. It's like I like because now it's a, I'm at a point where like, okay, let's get back to Mando and Grogu. Like that that's what I'm at now. Because I just think they've developed the Mando character so well. They've developed Grogu's personality so well. And it's great speaking of his character development, having him um you know, he basically has the same kind of like force powers like Anakin and Ezra had at calming animals down, you know. So that was really cool seeing him be able to do that. And, you know, I can't wait because, you know, we're going to see more of his force powers in season three of Mando. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot of powers to begin with, right? He can heal people. He can use the force telekinesis to levitate the mudhorn. He could put creatures to sleep. Like there's a lot, there's a lot going on with him. And going back to that, to, to the uh, the return of both of those characters, the 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 meeting of them, I thought it was kind of funny because, like in my head, I was imagining like this really long, drawn out, quiet scene of Din Djarin seeing him in the fields on whatever Jedi Temple planet that is with Luke, and they're having this long, drawn out like embrace. No, they're like it's a shock reveal where it's just like, oh, you're in the back of this car as a droid trying to kill us. It's like. Okay, uh, we gotta do this uh, reunited thing a little bit later while we're not being killed. And it was just yep. like that funny, like I did not expect it to be in the middle of a battlefield. <laughs> there, well, well, funny story for you guys and for our listeners and viewers. So, like I said before, you know, my grandma watches this show and everything, and she liked the finale a lot. So we uh, we got talking when we were over there yesterday. We got talking about the uh, the Grogu Mando, this Grogu Mando meeting. And, uh, you know, we'd talked before at first how, you know, we were kind of thinking like, oh, maybe maybe we won't see Mando and Grogu. You know, this was before the last three episodes. We won't maybe won't see them reunite until like end of Mando season three. You know, mm -hmm. I think that's what a lot of people are thinking. It'll be late into Mando season three. You know, it'll be drawn out. Well, uh, and my grandma laughed. She's like, well, you know, you know, the reason why they brought him back, don't you? And why they had him have that hug. And I was like, why is that? And she pulled out a dollar bill. She's like, that's those Disney people saying they need their money and they need Grogu back in the show. And I was like, well, oh my gosh, that's, that's, she probably ain't lying. Part, that's probably part of it too, because I guarantee you also, like, I can't lie. You know, I like, if you're Kathleen Kennedy and you're looking at the script for book of Boba and you're like, hold up, there's no Grogu in this. And this thing is the hottest thing in the entire world. Like, you're going to put Grogu in this, like, 
whether you like it or not. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they pulled the strings to say, hey, let's rework some things to get Grogu in this because yeah. because why wouldn't you capitalize? And it's and they did it in a way where it wasn't too right on the nose. Like of course we had the one episode that was literally just all Mando basically, but we they didn't really do it too on the nose uh, where it was just like oh Grogu and Luke are just hanging out in Mos Espa too. Like you know they actually incorporated it pretty well. So like I think. Um, they did it in a good way, but yeah, I mean, Grogu's back and I, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. I think it's clearly evident if we're looking at the season and again, we're going to talk more about the season next, next week. Yep. But like, I think there was reports that this series was only supposed to be like maybe five, four or five episodes the most. And then it seemed yep. like it was kind of delayed or something like literally this came out the last freaking week that it could have come out before it would be technically 2022. They want to have a Star Wars Mando show at least once a year. Um, so I feel like they might have been like, okay, let's rewrite some stuff. Let's maybe shoot two extra episodes where we can get these guys in, in, in somehow. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like these scripts are probably done two years ahead of time. But maybe they didn't see the impact of Grogu when they first wrote those scripts. And they had to rewrite a couple things. Again, this is all just speculation. I know nothing about any of this. But that... You know, that's and that's another question is if George Lucas was in charge of this property, right? And he didn't have to abide by any shareholders or anybody, like what what would that story look like for, for somebody that didn't depend on the money? Cause my whole thing was like, yeah, like you would if you brought Grogu back too soon, you would kind of defeat the purpose of like that separation, right. that huge moment at the end of season three. And now people are gonna tune into Mando season three, be like, wait, what? That there's a huge moment, why the hell are they together now? Yeah. I mean, I think I think George would have made it. He would have, he would have fleshed it out. He would have let it drag a little bit, and that and that's smart storytelling in the sense of we know we love that character, and our main characters are gonna have they're gonna have to earn that moment. I mean, that that's one of the issues I think with the sequel trilogy in the sense of like a lot of our heroes or even villains don't earn their moments in those movies because yep. it's kind of forced and rushed. You look at the original trilogy. Luke, Leia, and Han, and even Chewie, they earn all their moments in those movies. Uh, look at, you know, Anakin or um, Obi-Wan and, and Padme. They all earn their, their moments in their movies because they each movie, something changes or something happens to say, okay, they, it's like their next trial to where, they're, they're, where their end game needs to go. And I feel like with this particular show... I felt like Boba didn't really earn the the ending that that he gotten. You know, pretty much the show ended with Mando and Grogu flying off in hyperspace. Like that's your lasting image for the book of Boba Fett, Mando and um, Grogu. To me, that that's that's not smart. Well, it shows you their priority. Yeah, I mean. I mean, and, and, that, and, and, and George would have flipped that. George would have said, "Okay, we'll we'll sprinkle these characters in here somewhere," but George would have been like, "Okay, let's keep the focus on Boba and where we're going to take his next eight plot storyline in season two or three. Well, or let's also be real here: if George was in charge with the money that's capable and all the technology capable, you know, with him wanting back in the day wanting to do the Clone Wars show and all those things, we would have probably gotten a Luke Grogu show actually." If George, if George was running, I, I could have seen that maybe a Luke and Grogu show and never run into Mando and then finally run back into Mando in like Mando season three or four, like way down the line. Um, but like, I just think, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird because the way this show was 
or even the way um, this episode was crafted, just to stick within the confines of this episode, the way this episode was crafted, a lot of, like, sure, we got the Boba Mando action, but again, it's the Boba and Mando action. We got the Grogu, um, the mystic, kind of mystic feel, because when Luke's X-Wing showed up, I was like, are they really doing this? Or are we bringing Luke to Tatooine yeah. here? Um, and, and, and it wasn't. And then it was Grogu flying the X, or well, basically riding the X-Wing. But, but, you know, it was that cute shot of Grogu in the X-Wing. So people, you know, it's your, you know, the audience going, oh, so cute, whatever. Like, we get all these moments of Grogu, Mando, um, Grogu and Mando at the end, like you mentioned, them flying off, um, you know, Grogu wanting to do tricks and all that stuff. Like, those type of things are totally unnecessary for the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. In my I mean, opinion. To a certain degree. I, I feel like, yeah, those characters were so integral to Boba Fett's existence at this point that, yeah. you know, they didn't have to use them, but it kind of, I feel like it kind of enhances the story to a certain degree um, because they're so, like, especially Mando, like, he's so intertwined with Boba Fett as both as Mandalorians and Grogu's connected and, and all that. So it, it does come together in the end. Yeah, a little bit strange that it's showing. But I, mean, I just thought of this, Milton. So the, here's the thing. like, They're showing Grogu and Mandalorian in that last shot because that's like the next series we'll probably see. Right. So we know from maybe from like literally that exact moment in season three, we'll open up with them in the Naboo Starfighter like exiting hyperspace at like Hosnian Prime. Or wherever is the the capital of the of the New Republic now? Maybe they'll be like, right. "Hey, look, there's some there's some things going on that you guys should know about," or something like that. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. they'll go talk to Leia. We we, and, we and, don't and, know, and that and that could be it. But I think I think in the beginning of this show, maybe prior to the show coming on, like weren't people saying, "Well, this is pretty much Mandalorian two point five or whatever." Yeah. Like there was mm -hmm. talks about that. And again, that whether the that's a report, yeah, whether that's true or not, from what this shot tells me, there's some truth to that. Um, just because you're leading that into that show. And, and again, it makes sense in a sense of, and I said this last week, like this is the Mando verse and this Mando and Grogu are your money makers. So you obviously got to treat them at, at a premium. Um, but again, if you're trying to build up multiple characters like Ahsoka Bo or Boba Fett, Fennec, you know, I, I know they talk about the Rangers of the Republic at one point. We don't know if that show's even going to happen, but if you're going to build out these universes within these universes, like try to build those up like like sp sprinkle the mando dust on it but let it grow as it own as its own too yeah i just well, hope Milton, that we... I think... go ahead ben oh, oh i was gonna just say real quick <clears throat> i think when it comes to it you know that's a good point like our, our arrow experience here our arrowverse experience is working really well for our our commentaries here <laughs> um love it like uh i think we're at a point where uh us as fans are gonna you know not to like like throw shade on any of the other characters like Ahsoka or the Rangers cast or Luke or anybody. Like, I think we're at a point now where we're just going to have to like almost settle with Mando is the new Oliver Queen per se, where like he's going to pop in on these shows and he's going to be the star because like in the, like in the flash, for example, if arrow would show up, you cared about arrow showing up. You didn't Facts. really care I about, care about you Oliver. Care, yeah. yeah. You didn't care about the flash for the week. You didn't care about Supergirl for the week. You cared about Oliver showing up. And I think we're at a point where Mando and Grogu are kind of turning into like the Oliver showing up for the week for the show where I think we're going to have to almost deal with that through these 
Mando right. shows. And it just, to me, as long as it, it works naturally and does it pretty well, like, like, for example, I for sure don't want Mando showing up and dominating two or three episodes of the Ahsoka show. He best not um, be there. He, he, he don't he, need to be in that show. No, but, but he, he's going to be, I mean, just because I be. think with the, yeah, he, yeah. he's going to be with the Grogu connection and the force and everything. But I just think it just matters the execution and how they do it versus, um, you know, as long as they just don't over overdo the overall, um, you know, exposure of Mando and Grogu right. versus the other characters. Like, you need to keep them, to me, you know, we always talk about, like, or I always bring up, like, Mando Season 2. They used the cameo characters perfectly. Like, they used Ahsoka. They didn't let Ahsoka overshadow Mando. He was still the star of that episode, still. You know, it was still focused on him. But to me... They flipped that for this series, and they made yeah. Mando. They made Mando turn into the star at the end, and I just that's a concern moving forward. Um, after watching even this final episode, you know, moving into the other shows, is I just don't want him overshadowing characters in their own shows just for the sake of, hey, look, it's Mando and Grogu. Mm. But you know, there's but, a reciprocation yeah. of that now because you can have yeah. a Boba Fett episode in Mando season three, which seems very likely at this point. It, anything right. is possible at this point. We could have a two episode arc inside of Mandalorian season three of yeah, him I mean, dealing with uh, these newcomers on Tatooine hearing about what he's done against the Pikes. Right. And, and you, Chris, you're not wrong. I mean, again, it could be flipped and, and it, it could work for all we know. But like I said, I, moving forward, what if they decide to do another Boba season or even with Mando seasons, like just, Try to keep some of that separation, but obviously just continue to build your characters. Like that's all we want is great storytelling, character building, and just keep moving the 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 but keep building that universe. Yeah, because we've correct me if I'm wrong, we we haven't really had anything quite like this in Star Wars before, right? No. Like these direct no. crossover spin-off series. Yeah, Clone Wars no. have had they're a single ser series, but we haven't had two intersecting shows at the same time. So, you know, I feel like Lucasfilm is kind of learning along the way. Of course, they're looking to their brothers over there at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, doing it on the on the on the movie screens. But on Disney Plus, it's like okay, this is new territory. There might be a little bit of rough edges, but I think maybe by this time next year, they'll have a lot of feedback, and we'll see things kind of even smoother um, down the road. Oh, oh, one hundred percent. I think it'll smooth out. Hey. Hey, I should be the first person petitioning. They need to just call Greg Berlanti from the CW and be like, "Hey, how do we do these crossovers?" And you know, get a consultation um, because I think I think the crossovers have really good potential. The way they're doing these shows, you know, it just matters how they do it because I think there's, you know, we're gonna get more. We're gonna have Luke reappear at some point because you're not gonna just do the graphics with him and you know not ever use it again. We're gonna have obviously Ahsoka. You know, it just matters how you use them. And the big thing, you know, as you mentioned, Chris, uh, about uh, Boba maybe reappearing in Mando, the big thing they're just establishing, I think, at the moment, or trying to establish, is all of these characters like Boba, like Cobb Vanth, um, Robocop version, like Ahsoka, like Luke, um, and like all the rest. They're trying to establish them to lead up to the whole climatic thing or whatever kathleen kennedy mentioned like the, whatever big battle that's going to happen apparently mm. you know we're presuming it's going to be thrown so like i think they're just trying to really set the roots and groundwork for the uh basically like the avengers endgame for the mandoverse 
Oh, yeah. That's what's the beauty part about this is, is we're going to have such a wide array of rich characters. And a lot of these characters, we do not know what their fate is going to be. So that's what's great about, yeah, we're going to have some of those characters we know their fates in Force Awakens and, and sequel mm. trilogy, but it's still cool to see all these these characters right. now, and we're going to see that that um, expanding even more. I, I can't wait to even you know think about who's going to show up in, in Season 3 of The Mandalorian, or who else is going to show up in Ahsoka. Well, we actually know a lot of those characters that are going to probably <laughs> show up in there, but and maybe we'll get a new version of Rangers of the New Republic down the road, something like that, but... Yeah, there's, there's a lot to look forward to. Um, and we'll, we'll go into our final thoughts and, and score out of 10 for mm. the episode, the final episode, episode 7 of The Book of Boba Fett. And I will throw it off to Milton, who started off with the initial impressions. We'll go in the same order there. Yeah. Um, again, it, it wasn't a terrible finale. Um, I mean, we I think this is probably better than the Bad Batch finale, for sure. <laughs> um, I, I just felt that you know, obviously, I mentioned the music, the graphics were cool. Some of the editing had some some I had issues with the editing. I think the plot was a little up and down on where they were trying to take the show, but I get where they were going. I just wish they would have set us up for a season two, or at least made it more obvious to set us up for a season two. I know the the the, the uh, post credit was a waste of time. I mean, if if I'm Tim, that's probably wouldn't even Timothy Olyphant like himself in that tank. Probably like a freaking like you know <laughs> model stunt double. Yeah, stunt double or something, whatever. But, I mean, it, it is what it is. I really don't have anything super positive to say in the fact that I was overwhelmed or overblown by this episode because I wasn't. It was just, eh. So, I'd get it a 6.75 out of 10. All right. All right. Yeah, like, that's... Again, it, it, did, it just didn't... It didn't grab me where I was like, oh, man, like, I, I need to watch this again. It really wasn't rewatchable, honestly. Yeah, me. yeah, and, and that's what we need, right? Is we need something that it, it was really good up until the end. I'm telling you, like, uh, yeah. it, it all it had to do was give us a little bit of tease, and that would have made it a I great episode. So, so I feel, I feel like it was kind of like a sandwich. Like the beginning of it was, you know, the bread, the meat was actually again the action and them trying to do what they need to do to survive. I like the meat, and then at the end, it was like, what, what are we doing? Like, like, yeah, this is crazy. So and again. It's just, Yep. And again, if we had a clear direction of the plot in the first place, that could have all been yeah. rectified even more. Um, right. So I'm going to kind of echo your thoughts here. Yeah, action was great. Some cool dialogue and stuff between Boba and Cad Bane. Still a little bit shallow on Boba's part. We could have gotten more into his psyche and understood what exactly is going on. What is yep. he in his position exactly as Cad Bane asked him? And just the Rancor stuff was pretty freaking awesome. Seeing like kaiju action in Star Wars is not to really get, but like I got King Kong vibes out of that. I'm going to go ahead. I'll give it a 7 out of 10. It was a good finale, but it could have been much, much better. And I'll throw it over to Ben. Gosh, we always save the dark side for last. Um, <laughs> so I think I think the episode was fine. Like it had some had some good points to it like 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 you both mentioned the action was was pretty good for the most part here and there to me i, th I think it could have been edited down a little bit but overall the action was pretty good um i liked some um i liked seeing mando and grogu appear that was great the reun reunion was done really well i think it was done at a um in my opinion a good time for um mando just because it's also like 
you know, it's like the whole Mandalorian culture being in wars and stuff. So it's kind of fitting for him and now Grogu being a Mandalorian, another Mandalorian like reuniting. I thought that was kind of a cool, like symbolic thing that they were in a battle together. You know, their reuniting is is in basically like their first battle as Mandalorians together. I thought that was pr- a pretty cool like symbolism there. And then, you know, you know, some of the nostalgic things, seeing Luke's X-Wing. I really like Amy Sendaris's character. She's um, she's turned out really surprisingly well. And, you know, you even mentioned earlier, Chris, that little assistant guy. He turned out to be pretty, uh, pretty good, pretty comedic. I, I didn't mind that at all. Like, and they actually explained why he was, you know, that way. It was cool they mentioned Coruscant. Like, I, I loved hearing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you know, there were certain things in this episode i think that were just so questionable like you know we made like to me you made boba like not as smart like sure his action with mando was great like we loved those sequences like um as i mentioned his music's really great and everything like that's it's always such like a um almost it, it just has like a villain vibe to it even though he's not a villain anymore but it has a villain vibe to it um but like they made to me, they made Boba like less smart, less, um, you know. I, I don't know how does he go from being such a cunning bounty hunter, capturing Han Solo and all this stuff, to, you know, making p- such poor decisions. Like, you know, he lets like the um, the people talk him into staying versus you know basically going back to the palace for as a base, like those type of things. You know, he goes back to the palace. Um, to get the Rancor instead of the Slave One, even though the Slave One... See, my thing with it, you know, we mentioned earlier about the city damage, but the Slave One has rockets in it that literally zoom in and out of an asteroid field chasing Obi-Wan all throughout (laughs) this asteroid field perfectly. So they have perfectly homing homing missile rockets on the Slave One that could easily track down that droid and just blown it to bits. But (laughs) instead of that, he chooses the Rancor, that's going to just cause a ton of destruction and he, and it's not even probably fully trained yet because they couldn't, they had to use Grogu to like save the day basically with the Rancor. So like to me, they just like really downgraded Boba's character, like from being such a cunning bounty hunter to, you know, he's basically, he's slowly to me has got turned into a jobber and like WWE terms, he's gotten turned into a jobber for Mando. And I don't like that because Boba's kind of another like legacy character and it's like, what are we doing here? But, like, overall, I thought, um, you know, the episode was fine. The action was good. Uh, I didn't like the the ending to it. I think it was a little, a little, uh, it was a little too cheesy as well. Just the whole meeting between Fennec, I don't know, between Fennec and Boba and Kersant. Like, it just felt so, like. It felt like something out of the comic books. And I kind yeah, of appreciate yeah, it, that. It felt like a comic book, like, panel or something. Yeah, yeah, it, it just felt, I don't know, it, it just felt really on the nose. Um, but, like, that, and then just the uh, the ending to it, I think it should have been flipped around. You should have had the Mando thing first, and then cut back, maybe, to Boba and Fennec and them meeting, just for kind of, you know, to wrap it up, saying, hey, this is the book of Boba. And then even the, um, you know, the post credit scene, like, we all discussed, like, it's just, you could cut it out, and it doesn't mean anything. You know, so, like, I just thought the post-credit was a waste. Like, you could have easily used that to tease something, and you didn't. And then just Cad Bane, you know, we discussed Cad being basically wasted. But now he's probably... Because I watched the episode twice, as always. And, 
you can tell like when he gets stabbed, you know, they cut back to him and you see the light flashing. So like he's obviously going to be alive. Like why else? Unless we come out, unless we come out next week and Dave Filoni says, hey, um, that red light means dead. I, he's probably coming back. So, you know, we don't have to worry too much about that. I just thought it was kind of kind of lame how he went out. But uh, yeah, overall, I thought that episode was fine. And to me, you know, even with all my critiques and everything, I would have to give it a six out of ten. Okay, that's better than I thought. With all that being said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's still a six out of ten. Like even even my my critiques and whatnot, um, I, it's a six out of ten. I think it was solid. It was fine. But I can also add to um, the con side of things. I don't need to see much more of Robert Rodriguez directing. Like he's, a, I'm sure he's a fine guy and everything. You know, uh, respect. I respect like artists. You know, doing their thing, directing. But I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can comment down below. Let us know what your thoughts and your score out of ten for the finale of Book of Boba Fett. Just like Christopher Weber left us a comment. I don't know. As an episode of this show, I thought this was one of the better ones. I understand as a finale, it doesn't set up much, but I personally enjoyed it more than most of the other episodes. He also adds, with the caveat, that Cad Bane's not dead, because if he is really dead, I really don't understand that. So yeah, that's what a lot of us are feeling at this moment. And as I said many times throughout this, we are going to be wrapping up an entire season look and discussion at the Book of Bofet on next week's episode. So come prepared to add in any cool little insights you have about that series next week. And with that, we are going to shift as quickly as Disney shifted (laughs) to the next thing on the radar. We have officially gotten finally the confirmed release date for the first episode of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. It will be airing on Disney Plus on May 25th of this year. And we also got a kick-ass poster, a teaser poster with Kenobi there on the sands of Tatooine. So we are not done with Tatooine. If you've gotten tired of it for Boba Fett, well, hopefully maybe this will be like a better representation. I don't know about better representation, but you know what I have to say. You're going to see more desert, more sands. Uh, what's your guys' reaction to this? Can't wait. This is the one show I've been hyped for. Like, I, I look. I who's doing this? Deborah Chow. She, mm-hmm. she's doing this yeah, show. she's directing every episode. Apparently. Yeah, every single episode. Um, every single. You know what though? I'm fine with that because we have one director, one writer. It, again, it was just like with the first season of Mando for the most part, except for like the last two or three episodes. A lot of it was John, you know, Favreau. But I need that consistency. I like Deborah Chow as a creator and as a storyteller. It's Ewan McGregor. Like how? You can't go wrong with him. It's Obi freaking one, dude. And I just saw an article. I think it was it today or yesterday. He did an article with Forbes, or might have, I can't remember if it was Forbes or, or, the, or some other important um, syndication yeah, out there. It was was Forbes. It Forbes? Yep. He yep. talked about why he came back, and he said pretty much like you know the fans of the prequels that, that love this character and love the prequels. I came back for them, you know. And I was like, dude, like how how dope is that? Like he he has this mind in the right space to say listen like i love this character myself i love this universe i'm doing this for all the right reasons and i want to tell this 10-year story that or this gap that hasn't been told visually before we've read about it we've heard the rumor and innuendo about what happened during those 20 years on tatooine it's like man i'm i'm so hyped for this show like if if this show is trash like i'm gonna be so mad so (laughs) mad like chris you're gonna have to censor every word that comes out of my mouth 
I'm not kidding you because I'm dropping f bombs every other word if if it's trash. <laughs> yeah, this show now, in my opinion, uh, I mean, we talked about it in the chat conspiracy theory after the mixed reactions of the uh, Boba finale, Facts. they 100 they they, they 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 dropped this just to uh, settle everybody down. Here's the thing. As much as I kind of agree, and I was the one that actually pessimistically maybe brought that up in the chat. You did. I did realize that there was a Disney Investors Day or a Disney Investors Meeting or something literally that day. So as much as some of us might want to think that was the case, but it, co it coincidentally coincided with that, that Investors Meeting where they released like the details of like how Disney Plus is doing right. and all that. So, but Chris, Chris, let's be real. I mean, you're right. You probably right, but let's be real though. If this, I think it was Boba, scheduled for Friday, not Wednesday. Yeah, if personally. Boba, if Boba was hitting on every cylinder, the last, let's say, let's say last five. Yeah, weeks they, the they show, already prepared it. Yeah, they would have. They would have said, you know what? Let's put it off for like a couple weeks or whatever. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever. Let, let's have three different dates when to release, especially like if let's keep the attention on Boba Fett. Because let's be real here. What was talked about on Twitter? When when that when that leaked tweet went out, Obi Wan that dominated yep. lots of headlines when it, within the Twitterverse, social media verse. Nobody was talking about Boba until this, the episode well, came out. Oh yeah, ex exactly. That's that's the big thing because this show, the Kenobi series specifically, has now after after the Boba book of Boba being kind of I would say lukewarm for a lot of people. I think the Kenobi show has so much pressure on it now. So much pressure. Like, it has to, like, like sure, of course the first episodes may or may not be slow because it's the intro, but the show has to hit. Like, there's no question, question about it. The, sh the show has to hit because if this show doesn't hit, there that's going to put a major black mark on all of the Disney Plus series moving forward, in my opinion. Like, like other than, other than Mando, I think Mando's plot armored. It's basically safe. But the other spinoff shows like Ahsoka, Rangers, um, potentially other shows um, that are rumored and out there. And Ca Cassian Andor. Oh, Cassian. Cassian, yeah, that's another yeah. one. Like, it's going to put so much pressure on all those other shows. Like, I think the Kenobi show... See, but that's also why I think they probably put the most effort out of all these shows. They probably put the most effort into this show because they know everyone's going to be watching it with Facts. a microscope. And Dude, Hayden Christensen and Ewan well, McGregor. Like that, that's, everybody wants that's, to see them together again. Mm -hmm. that, that's the point I was going to get to next. Milton was so in that Forbes article. Interesting thing. Ewan says like, sure, it could you know it could be just tongue in cheek because he was obviously referencing Hayden. You know, Hayden plays Anakin, but he literally says it was good being Obi Wan and Anakin in scenes together. Like he mentions being in scenes as Obi Wan and Anakin. Dude. So that means. So that means. Are we talking flashback here, or potentially maybe he's trying to talk to Anakin in the Vader suit or something? Or like maybe, say, hey, yeah, it, could, it, it could be flashbacks, like you said, of the Clone Wars. Yeah, because I mean, they, they they could take a scene out of the Clone Wars cartoon mm -hmm. and just re and make a live action, or take like cutscenes that weren't in the. You know what I'm saying? Like you can make that work. Hell, what if they brought in like a young Ahsoka? Yeah, mm. I mean, any. I mean, it's. It's it's highly possible with all the different things out there that's about this Kenobi series. Like, I think all cards are fully on the table for this. Yeah. yeah so so let's talk a little bit about the, the releasing of this. I mean, we have uh, a big Super Bowl coming up here in a few days, and generally yep. the the thing that's happened is they've released like a teaser poster like a day before the before the trailer or something, or or like the day of the trailer. Right. 
I haven't yep. heard anything about anybody talking about a trailer at the Super Bowl, but I mean, no. this is kind of the way to do it. I mean, they've released well, a solo trailer he, at the Super Bowl one year. I was going to say, guys, wasn't the solo trailer at the Super Bowl? Yeah. Right. So I don't know if they would come out, like, let's say tomorrow, the day before, and be like, hey, tune in to Super Bowl for your first look at Kenobi, and people would just lose their minds, or are they going to just Wait. like put it in there without telling anybody? I, I I can see him pulling that because it's Disney, but also too. When's Star Wars Celebration? It's not until May. Actually, it literally starts the day after Kenobi. It starts on <laughs> May twenty sixth. Okay, okay, and, and I, I was asking because I wasn't sure when it started, but it's like if if it was let's say let's say if it was April, I could see them putting the trailer out in April. You know, but like yeah, I could. I, we're going to get the heavy marketing picked up in March. I think. I think. I think post Super Bowl we'll get a. I, I don't. I wouldn't be shocked if we got some type of teaser. On Sunday, but we're not getting a full three-minute trailer. No, no, no. Well, the the solo trailer was literally only like thirty seconds. Like was it? it was, oh. It, oh, it was only like a traditional spot. It was like thirty or forty-five seconds. It was just a couple cuts here and there, and the Millennium Falcon. Right. I mean, like it was maybe, it was quick. I I, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> so yeah. they have so well, much so shot already. They don't have to use a heavy CGI shot. They could give us like a teaser, like thirty second clip of just like you and walking across the sands of Tatooine. Yeah. Like you I don't have, have to have like twenty different scenes edited for yeah. this like awesome thing. You could have a, a long drawn out like extended scene or something. Yeah, all, all you need to do. Have you guys seen like the fan favorite or the fan made like yeah. Obi Wan where like the guy yeah. looks like him looks like Jesus walking across the sand? <laughs> just replicate that shot of Hugh McGregor doing a voiceover saying, you know, back Luke. I knew your father, blah, blah, blah. Give us an old you, yeah. Alex, Alex Guinness reference or line, which would be dope. And then young Ewan just walking across the sands. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like, you're like, who's this guy in the sand? And all of a sudden, he peels it back, and it just pans to the camera, and it's Ewan McGregor dirtied up. I'm like, that's fire. That's yep, all I need. Yep, yep. People yeah, yeah. Listen, that's all, that's all I need. Listen, I'm getting goosebumps right now talking about it. Well, and also, <laughs> I, did you notice on the thing on the um the poster zoom in? You know, he's carrying uh Anakin's lightsaber. I can't make that out. Still, I looked at it. Yeah, <laughs> is it really yeah, you gotta zoom in. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it's 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 definitely one hundred percent Anakin's just, lightsaber. Just show a shot of him literally sitting in his hut, just just reminiscing, and all of a sudden he opens up a chest, and then he just looks, and all of a sudden the saber gl is glistening, and then like yeah. it cut it, it cuts to like. Like a like a quick shot of them fighting like Mustafar, and he, oh, he, no. he, he and he and he gets a flashback and steps back from it like he it's just like traumatized yeah, it's like yeah. bro <laughs> give us a shot dude I'm getting goosebumps talking about it right now like <laughs> seriously like okay. give us that shot I'll be done I, I have an idea for you um Milton aka Lucasfilm marketing team um so here's an idea with your Alec Guinness um take why not have a shot or have a little quick scene. Of Ewan sitting in the hut, looking at the lightsabers, looking. Let's let's have him looking at Qui Gon's lightsaber or something, oh. and then have have the have, have the voiceover have the voiceover be Alec Guinness saying, "For a thousand generations, Jedi Knights protected." Blah 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 blah. This the line from A New Hope. Yeah, that would be Ooh. awesome. Son, I'm I'm serious. Like I'm legit. Like getting goosebumps right now they, they, because yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> They've done a trailer like that that never got officially released at Celebration yeah. for Rogue One. 
for the Rogue yeah. One reveal. They they showed like some I CGI thing, yes. and it had his voiceover, and it showed like pans up through a jungle, and through it shows jungle. the Death Star. But it's 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 literally Obi Wan reciting that famous yeah. line. But they shot, but they pan the shot out where you see like the silhouette of it, and you're like, oh shit, like that's fire, like Chris Lucasfilm. Please let us cut the trailer for you, okay? We we got three different ideas. We got five of them. We got you. It don't got to be no more than 30 seconds because it probably cost $5 million for a 30-second spot for a Super Bowl. Or we, or if or if we're in charge, Milton, we just we just press the button and put the whole series to Disney+. Plus. Oh, you're damn right. <laughs> but it's interesting, right? Because we've never gotten a Disney Plus series announced this early. It's almost four months ahead of this thing's release. You know, right. we're sitting here, well, we're sitting here like uh, about halfway through February, so uh, maybe like three and a half months before the series. Usually I think like they announced Mando or Boba Fett like about maybe a month and a half before it came out, maximum two months. So again, it shows how much confidence that they have in this series. Like it's basically in the can. It's basically like ready to go already if they're promoting it right. this like soon. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, look, they, they have... They have obviously all. I mean, I would at least think they're touching up on some CGI, maybe. Oh yeah. Some some you some know. music editing, some some touch ups here or there, but well, we know they're not they're not reshooting anything. Oh no, definitely not. I think I agree with you both. It's definitely all in the can for sure. And you know, now that I got thinking about it, um, I definitely can amend my statement of saying maybe the first episode will be slower because I didn't even think about it this way, Chris. If this is a day before celebration. They're going to want to get people buzzing about the Kenobi show. So I guarantee you there's there's probably going to be something really interesting or really maybe action-y or something. There's going to be the big hook we're looking for, you know, that we look for in Book of Boba. I think they're going to hook us in the first episode of Kenobi, and that'll get all of you guys who are at Star Wars Celebration buzzing and talking and talking and talking, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be insane in Star Wars Celebration this yep. year because... I'm going to be traveling that Wednesday that it comes out to California. So I'm probably going to just wake up at 3 a.m. and just get an early flight to go and knowing that I'm not going to be able to sleep for many reasons that day. Um, but it'll be cool because I'm sure they're going to have Hugh, Ewan and Hayden there. They're going to have a, a big panel. They're going to probably show us at least one other episode before it comes out, if not maybe right. two. I wouldn't be surprised if we walk out of there like having seen half the series by then. By then. Right. Um, but it's just going to be like we've never had anything of that caliber at Celebration where we've had literally a brand new Star Wars anything coming out like that weekend. Like the buzz around that place is going to be on a, a completely other level. And it was already insane to begin with in Chicago when there was nothing coming out. Uh, and that was before so, Mando. And so, so you said you said the man or not Mando? Obi Wan shows that it comes out a day after the the day premiere. before. So, so the day so, before so, celebration, the, everybody's yeah, going to be traveling there as this thing comes yeah. out. I'm about to say I can I can see them being say you know what you guys took the time imagine this Kathleen comes out during the Obi Wan panel and he's like you know what fans we yeah we released it overnight we guys are traveling to California. You know, y'all saw the premiere this morning. We got up groggy. Let, let's give you episode two since you're here. 
You know, yeah. and all of a sudden she she shows you guys episode two of Obi Wan Kenobi. Ma- like, ma- imagine you get off the flight after watching episode one. You sleep for two hours. Yeah. You walk into whatever convention room it yeah. is in Hall H or whatever, and it's like, oh, here's episode two by the way, just to reward <laughs> you like, guys what? for traveling. Could you imagine well, the adrenaline oh, that just shoots through everybody's veins? Like, we're not yeah. tired anymore. Like, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll wake you. We'll wake you up for the next twelve hours by showing you Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Well, guys, they have precedents for it. Wasn't it, wasn't it one of these Star Wars shows where they doubled up the episodes like on a Friday and a Monday or Sunday or something? Like, yeah. was it Clone I think Wars? It was Clone or Wars. Was it, yeah, because they Clone doubled Wars. it up. Remember, really? they doubled up something. I don't remember what series it was. It wasn't Mando season one, was it? Bad Batch? I think, I think, I think it was Clone Wars. It might have been Clone Wars, actually. Yeah. Because remember, they doubled it up. It was like a Friday and a Monday, or it was oh. like a Monday, then the following Friday. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That was right. See, they have they have the precedence for it already. So I think, I agree with you, Milton. I think they could um, pitch it in a way like, hey, you guys traveled all this way, blah, blah, blah. You know, we appreciate you as the fans. And here's the thing. They don't have this planned already they need to be listening to this podcast and take this idea and use it because the fans would go crazy like yeah. like they would look like these are the type of in my opinion the fan things like us as fans want from star wars like because the fan relationship has been so shaky in my opinion with lucasfilm and star wars as a whole yeah like it's always back and forth like this is a perfect like olive branch to the fans like hey we appreciate you yeah. guys so yeah. like i think something like that would be really cool and if they don't do that, um, you know, obviously, if you're listening to this, don't expect to get an episode. Just, like, hope it's a right. surprise, but don't expect it. But, like, even if they don't do that, just do things at celebration, you know, like bring out Ewan, bring out Hayden, bring out, uh, you know, Deborah Chow, whoever. Um, like, Here, you know, cool. I, I can see them bringing out, uh, what's his name, uh, E. McDermott, because we, we don't know if he's in yeah. the show. You know, oh, he, yeah. he'd be very a cameo well could for, be with Vader. He very well could be. He could be a cameo for all we know. And, I mean, could you imagine seeing those three together? Oh. Or how even Natalie Portman showing up, because she might be in flashbacks, like, scenes whenever Hayden's having his, like, he's in his chamber with his suit off and thinking about Padme. Imagine if she was at Star Wars Celebration. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm in the show, by the way. And, like, and like been, no one else knew about it except for the fans. <laughs> yeah, I've been like, saying like, it for months and months. Like, the ideal cameo for this series would be a flashback to Natalie Portman because there's been no rumors about it, nothing. Yeah. Like if they would flashback to her, you know, fans would probably go crazy. Yeah, and if, or, yeah. The, or 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 they do the scene whenever um, from the comics where Vader goes to Naboo to her like grave. Yep. Uh-huh. There's that, that picture out there where he just puts his hands on, like on her tomb and like and like there's like a big battle in the background, but he's just like grieving. Imagine seeing that in live action. Oh man. Let me write the show. Come on. Stop. <laughs> Kathleen, hire your boy. I got yeah, you right here. Keep me Milton and Chris. Let's, let's yeah, go, Austin. Come on, man. Well, hire your boys. Oh, you know man. But, yeah, I mean, that that's that's just funny. Again, the day that the last episode of Book of Boba comes out, we're already looking at the next thing. You know what I mean? Facts. We're already looking at the next thing. And you can better believe that we're going to be talking about this show probably on almost weekly basis on on the lead up to the show because hey before this date was officially announced we already had more casting announcements thanks to the people over at the bestman bulletin they broke this exclusive reveal of rupert friend who is confirmed to be in the show is playing none other than the grand 
Inquisitor himself. Uh, so this is quite interesting because the Grand Inquisitor was originally voiced by Jason Isaacs. He appeared in Star Wars Rebels in season one. He was the main antagonist of uh, the different characters, Kanan and Ezra and Sabine and all those people, Hera. Mm. And it's it's reported in this that he's he's basically uh, with these other Inquisitors and it's, it's described as we see him like he has to go through so much transformation makeup it's like he's literally in hours and hours of makeup. My only thing is, and I'm sure this guy, I'm sure this guy is great, but it's like, well, if he has to go through hours of makeup, why can't they just get the original voice actor to go in there and right. do it? Because he's a live that, action that, actor too, Jason Isaacs. He's in a lot of yes, stuff. Yes, that's true. Yeah. But right now he does have a show. He's working uh, for CBS right now. He does a show called Good Sam. It's a hospital show. And I actually watch yeah. it every Wednesday. Oh. So he's busy in Canada shooting that show. Uh, so that, okay. that might be why he can't do the live action component now that don't mean he can't do the voiceover True. so i it would i mean now i know why would this actor sign up to be a live action version of grand grand inquisitor and not hear his voice mm-hmm. but whoever played um what's his name cad bane like they that wasn't the actor that voiced him i guarantee you that no so, wasn't like, it, yeah that's what i'm saying so like, you can you can bring jason isaac and say hey you do the voiceover for um for the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, the only thing I know about this actor is he did play Agent 47 in the Hitman uh, movie. Never seen it. Yeah. The, game, the games are great. I just don't know how he is as an actor anyway. Right. But um, yeah, like well, you okay. said, it's... Well, yeah. movie trivia. Guess who else played Agent 47 in the Hitman films before the one before his? I didn't even know there Tim- was another Hitman film. There, there was. A, it was your boy Cobb Vanth. He played Timothy him. Oliphant. What? Yes. Yes, he did. Go look. Go watch that movie, Chris. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This. This is. Um. Yeah. This is such an interesting casting. Like, like you said, the Jason Isaacs thing. It would be cool, but um, you know, you bring that up, Milton, it being in Canada. I'm sure there's also a lot of travel restrictions with COVID and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, I'm sure because this show would have been shooting last year, presumably. Right. So, that was even more in the thick of things. So I'm sure. You know, there were restrictions and whatever and things like that. Um, so that's understandable. It just all comes down to, you know, how they portray the character, you know, what they do with it. You know, they mentioned other Inquisitors, too, in that in that post. So, you know, what their overall mission is going to be, like why they're in the show. Because, you know, we know Vader's obviously the big bad of the series. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see how these Inquisitors, the you know, the Grand Inquisitor and basically the other ones interact and like, you know, how their integration is into this series as a whole, you know, ending up facing Kenobi at some point. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so I, again, like I cannot wait for this Inquisitor action. This is going to be some really awesome stuff here with the show as far as like seeing all the red lightsabers, you know. Oh, man. Yep. Yeah, that's gonna be fire. I mean, like the circle with the circle blades. What do they call their lightsabers? The ones that, that rotate. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just know. dope to see that. Like, I can't wait to see that in live action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More series. We're gonna shift away from Obi Wan. We're gonna go to sometime next year. We have news, some rumored reports on Ahsoka. This literally came in just a few hours before we record tonight on Friday. This is coming from the Hollywood Reporter, so you pretty much know that this is a good shot of actually being being the truth. This is Ray Stevenson is to join the Ahsoka series. 
And as they claim in this report that he is not playing Grand Admiral Thrawn, but he is playing a villain that is also an admiral or an officer to some degree. And my first thought, and I put it on the chat, our private chat is, hey, this could be Captain Paleon from the Thrawn trilogy. And he is like the right hand commander of Thrawn. So, I mean, this guy, he's got a storied, um, this, this actor has a very storied career, right? He's played, even in Star Wars before, he's done a voice for Gar Saxon in, in, in the Star Wars Rebels animated series. So he's no stranger to Star Wars, but he also played in, it looks like, Rome. He played in a lot of other really highly acclaimed series and movies. So there you go, Star Wars getting their hands on another high uh, profile actor. So what are your thoughts? Um, do you agree with my my theory do you think he'll play somebody else what do you do you have any experience with this actor here yeah um i mean i've seen him in rome I mean, he's really good in rome he's actually like the comedic tone in rome in a sense of his character he did a really good job i like he was in punisher i believe as well yeah and he did he, he did a season of dexter i think it was like season eight or nine or whatever it was but he, he's a good actor i mean i think he's a british actor i think he's uh like, yeah yeah he's a british actor yeah so he's I'm, i think he comes from like a theater background so like you know he's professional. You know he has like various reigns as an actor. I don't know what character he's going to play. Because let's be real here, Star Wars does do this. They'll say, "Oh, we're getting so and so." Max von Sydow is going to play <laughs> Lars Santeca. He's in a movie for five for five minutes. It's like what, you know? And it, I'm not trying to be hateful, but I'm saying is like anyone could be a huge actor coming make a cameo for Pete's sake. So it's like you never know. Like I, I hope he does something well. I hope he contributes to the story and it makes it really good. Yeah, 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 I, I, I agree. Like, like you said, Milton, he, um, he could be anyone. I do think I agree with you, though, Chris. I think if we had to place bets, I think he is going to end up being Paleon just because, um, you know, it, it makes sense for the time period. Also, Filoni's involved, so he really knows all of this stuff, you know, that we're talking about, presumably. So, I feel like, you know, what what other Imperial Admiral would there be? Like it would be him and Thrawn or, you know, so like, it just makes sense for the series. And, you know, Thrawn's got to have his right hand person. So we're going to see him probably. And we're going to, I'm sure we're going to see Rook most likely. So wait, how Rook is that? Oh wait. Yeah. Rook. Never mind. Never mind. mind. I I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Good, good, good uh, catch there. Yeah. So anyways, I'm sure we'll see him. um, Paleon. I'm sure this guy will probably end up being him. And if not, it'll just be another probably throwaway Imperial officer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it, it, I, I think it'll be a good choice. Um, you know, it, like he has like the look of an Imperial officer. So I think it'll fit because there's definitely like a look to them, in my opinion. Like, you know, they have to look like kind of classy or, you know, uh, mm-hmm. or, you, you know what I'm saying? You can look at all the Imperial officers and they look generally the same. Yeah, and, and we know that Paleon exists. I think they actually reference his name in Rebels at some point. Yep. Yeah, he, he was mentioned in the final season of Rebels, actually. Um, I'm pretty sure, might, might not have been Thrawn, but it was like one of the lower Imperial officers mentions Paleon to Thrawn, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, so so he is, he's, we didn't see him die. So he, right. he's presumably out there somewhere, and he'll just be older. But it'll it'll make sense for the show's time period for Ahsoka. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and, what, and what's interesting about this guy was Ray Stevenson. I forgot too that he was in. Uh, he he was a voice of the Clone Wars. Did you guys know that? Of the Clone Wars too. Yeah. No. He he voiced. Uh, I think he was in the Rebel show. He voiced. Uh, he voiced Gar Saxon. Yeah. Yeah. Gar Saxon. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So he's already well, got relations with Lucasfilm. So it's like, yeah, well, I've already been doing this thing. Let's 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 give it a live action shot. But. Right. Uh, yeah, and this is supposed to this is supposed to be shooting in April, uh, Ahsoka. So I would assume maybe around this time next year is when we could be getting that that season. So I think what what could happen is you know Mandalorian season three comes out around uh, maybe October November. Looking at that op- optimistically, and then we have a little bit of break. We go right into Ahsoka, and the idea is that hey, now we're going to be getting hopefully two seasons of Mandoverse stuff per year. So you can have more of those. It goes back to our discussion of Book of Boba. You could have like one season or one series that year that's not super centered on Mando, but then have another series that is. You can kind of bounce back and forth because they're gonna probably have that that Rangers show or whatever that could be at some point. So yeah, whether or not certain characters overtake sh- certain shows, the good news is that at least we'll have a uh, enough of it all together to kind of balance out and not feel like something's left on the back burner for too, too long. Right. I agree. I agree with that. Oh yeah. 100%. Like that's, that's how it's going to play out. Like you said too, it's good that we're going to be getting two shows a year. So that'll be balancing things out. We also have, you know, the uh, obviously the Kenobi. So Kenobi shows just this year, but I'm sure if it, if it breaks every record for Disney plus, you know, I'm sure they'll find a way to, to green light another season and even you know, know casting it i if it comes out and breaks every record for streaming and stuff i i could see him squeezing in some type of another series but like, here's the I thing just, Here, here's the they keep they keep saying it's a limited event series like if they wrap up everything in that sixth episode and they make this really great ending and then they undo the ending by having a meaningless like second season that just doesn't even mm. hook in with Vader anymore. Like that's gonna feel so added on for no reason. I just hope that if they tell the story they want to tell and end it the way they end it, like good, just leave it alone. Like I don't want them to just make another right. season just for the sake of it, because then it's gonna just yeah. tarnish the entire series that overall, and you're gonna get a lesser series because it's gonna be like, well, the second season didn't make sense, so you don't have to watch that. Like that, you don't want to have yeah. that happen either. Oh. Oh, I, I totally get that. I just think, um, you know, it all just comes down to storytelling, really, and how they do it. And, you know, like that, yeah, that's even like um, the way Loki was marketed initially. It's it They really made it seem, under Disney anyways, they really made it seem like it was going to be only a one-season show. And yep. then it ended up being two seasons. So, like, they have precedence in the company of marketing a certain way and then it turning out not to be that way. So like, and, I think it just yeah. comes down to it, but also I do think if we don't get a Kenobi season two, which the chances are high, we probably won't. If we don't, though, with all of the uh, the casting and or news for season two, I think there's a chance we're going to be getting Kenobi popping up in the Andor series, actually. Could be a possibility. It works. And that's a perfect transition to our next series is... We got some Andor news, and well, we've kind of heard through the grapevine that there could have been a season two because there's all this nebulous talk from Alan Tudyk, who plays K2SO, about oh yeah, I'm I'm I don't think I'm in the first season. It's like wait, he's saying first season, so it sounds like there's more than one season. 
And now we're having Skarsgård, that actor, man. He's just doing all the work for for promoting Cassie and Andor because he's like the only person I ever hear talking about it. The guy has no filter because he's like, oh, yeah, next year I'm going to be shooting this show and, and Andor season two. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> the guy just goes off on rants and he just answers to like these publications. And like the funniest part is like, Disney could have probably just interjected a bit like, hey, don't run with that story or like cut that yeah. out. Don't like run that interview. But they just let it but, go anyway. But you know what though? I, like I'm okay with like him to, like talking. I mean, look, and I think I think Ben always got annoyed with this, like just how secretive like yeah. yep. Disney wants to be and just, how just like let hush, the news hush, be out like, there. Let it be yeah, out like, there. Yeah, like like let's be real here. Like, you know, yeah, Disney's a big brand, it's a global brand, clearly. But at the end of the day, people are still going to show up and watch. No, it don't. I don't care if, if, if uh, Diego Luna himself said, "Hey, you know, t- ten rebels are going to die in this movie or in this show." People are still going to watch. You know, like just, just let these, let your actors promote your show. They're good at. This is why they, you hired them. They're good at talking. They're good at acting. They're good at promoting. Like yeah. I want to hear from Alan Tunick and and or Tunick and. They, they, Diego Luna and whoever's in the show. I want to hear from them. It's it's, it's you know, funny, I, right? Yeah, it's it, funny to, to me. To me, it feels it feels genuine. Like honestly, when the marketing starts ramping up for Obi Wan, I want to hear from Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor. That's who. I, that's all I want to hear from. I don't want to do behind the scenes from. I like Deborah Chow, but I don't want to hear from her. I don't want to hear from Kathy doing her whole. This is what this show's about. No, I want to hear from the actors because they will promote it the way it needs to be. And the funny thing with Andor is that it's like, okay, we know this guy. We, we know where he ends up. We know that the show is taking yeah. place approximately five years before. So it's not like they're going to spoil, like, oh, he survives because there's yeah. a season two. Like, of course, there's going to be more than one season because it's so far ahead. Um, right. And the production that they're putting into the show, it's like they're actually doing physical production rather than the, um, the, the sound, uh, soundstage stuff that they're doing with Mandoverse stuff. So... Good for them, and it's it's good knowing ahead of time that we're getting a second season because it's not like oh we're waiting on pins and needles to see if like it it attracted audiences enough to even warrant getting a second season. Kind of like the Bad Batch, right? Like what was the deal with the Bad Batch? Did they tell us ahead of time that we were getting season two? I think it wasn't until no. towards the end, right? It was like in the middle of the no. season that they're it or was, after. Oh, it was no it, the best the best part about it was so um there was what sixteen episodes I think yeah yeah. Um, so they they told us, and it wasn't even speculation. Star Wars tweeted it on the fifteenth episode, so they spoiled the finale. That like you know basically saying, hey, these you know these characters are going to get another season. <laughs> it was the official Star Wars posting it on the fifteenth out of sixteenth episode. Yeah. So in that case, yeah, they could have been a Rogue One ending where they all sacrifice themselves to save Omega, yep. and uh, well, that's the Bad Batch for you. So, so yeah. there you go. Um, so I'm looking forward to Andor. I, I, and a lot of people in the community are also saying, like, this could be the dark horse of, like, all the Star Wars stuff. Like, a lot of people are, like, not even – it's not even on their radar simply because right. they're not talking about it. That's part of the reason why. But there's a reason why to, to care about this. Yeah, it's old era Republic – it's old era Empire stuff. But it's our first espionage show. It's our first show looking at Star Wars from, like, a spy kind of level. We haven't really had anything quite oh. like that, so – Look at look at how well received that movie you got though. Like like Rogue mm-hmm. One is considered one of the best Star Wars movies out of the whole series. I mm-hmm. mean I mean I mean I'm talking about obviously with the the sequel era 
Like Force Awakens made Buku money because that was the first one. Everyone was 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 going to ride it without question. Mm. But Rogue One's the second best movie, or it might be the best movie in a sense of like story wise co- to com- compared to some people when it comes to like those sequel generation of films because of like again it's old empire leading up or excuse me old republic ish leading into the republic or the empire and just knowing like oh this is a moment as kids we never we heard of it we just never saw it so it's like we love that character we love that they all died spoilers they died that movie mm-hmm. But we love that because those are stakes, and that's a great way to put it. Now we have to go back and see, okay, what was this Andor guy all about? Because clearly he has some demons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. well, well. Like, like you said, the cool thing about it is, you know, they can flesh out his character more because yeah. his character, in my opinion, was the most interesting of mm-hmm. the other characters in that movie. Because you know, they set him up as like, whoa, he's having to make these hardcore choices, yeah. like, um, and you know how he is basically telling, um. Felicity Jones, uh, you know, like, hey, you know, this thing's like a re- real life. Like, you know, yeah. this isn't as easy as what you think, basically. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, I've, you know, I've been living this. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I've been living this. So, like, I think um, it's going to be really interesting seeing his story fleshed out. And also, I don't think, um, especially with the pattern they made with Mando and Book of Boba, I don't think we'll sit with him just for each episode. I think we're going to be getting more cameos. You know, we'll be getting the other characters popping in. He'll be going on missions and that sort of stuff. And, you know, setting up, going leading into Rogue One, whether it be this season. Of course, this is the initial season, so it may not be this. But in the second season, I think a good thing they could potentially do. I mean, we have no idea what the, the story is for this at all. So this is just spitballing. But maybe set up where he has like a uh, basically like a friend like you know how Han and Chewie are like have a friend mm-hmm. have a friend that's with him the whole series and then at the end of the second season or close to it he's gonna have to make the choice he's gonna have to take his friend out because he's like squealing too much or whatever and ha- you know it's gonna establish like making those hard choices for that character because you know it's clear that he's had to do that before in Rogue One and, you know, as you mentioned, too, Milton, like Rogue One, in my opinion, is the best Disney era Star Wars um, movie. I, th- I think it's um, by far and away the best just because of those characters like um, him and the other ones. Um, I also like, you know, the specter of the forces there. I think the force is always integral in Star Wars. Right. And um, even in this series, I think with Andor, we're we're not expecting the force to be involved in it. But I do think we're going to be getting it's going to be appearing in the series one way or another. I think like, I I feel like we'll see Vader maybe just because it's the height of the empire, but I think there's a chance we might bump into um, the guy on Jetta again. You know, we might have that, like, you know, I I think there's always. No, no, no. um, Oh, Oh, sure. Anyway. Yeah. I think there's a chance we bump into those type of people, like, because the force is, um, the Force is definitely relevant in Star Wars. And, man, I hope, if it is Saul Guerrero, I hope they improve his character because I did not like that live-action debut. I can I can say that. <laughs> They've um, done so much with that character through the different mediums, whether it's the comics or the video games or the animated series. That I love just his character is getting put together so much better now. And you see that, that slow transition to just absolute craziness by the Rogue One. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, like his character, I love. I mean, Forrest Whitaker's great. Like he he's for sure a great actor. I just didn't like how I don't like. I felt like they transitioned him too well. Like he was too. I wasn't at the time, anyways. You know, we weren't we weren't used to seeing um, animated characters on screen, and like I think they transitioned him so well. It just threw me for such a big loop because like it was just so over the top. Right. Um, but like I think. I'm not sure if we've heard anything, but I, I feel like we will probably end up seeing Saul Guerrero because I feel like you're going to have Mon Mothma saying like, oh, you get this crazy Saul Guerrero guy out there doing his thing or whatever. Like, I think we're going to get a lot of these Rebels vibes we got from, you know, Rebels in this series. And do, you know, on a side note, too, do we know who the like director slash showrunner is for this? I have no idea. I think you're on mute, Chris. Chris, you're on mute. The guy that got brought in for Rogue One um, to help oh, out. Oh, um, Gilroy. Yes, Tony Gilroy. Henry, yeah. Oh wow! Oh wow! That's that's okay. That that makes me a lot more excited for this series then. Mm-hmm. 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 So. There you go. And we're going to end off the show by talking about some big High Republic news. Well, first off, there's an update on the series that I was talking about that was being speculated. Well, we have even more evidence to support the Stranger Things in Star Wars-esque series that is on the rumor mill. It's, it's said to be in filming in June already. Um, sources from Cinelinks, Bespin Bulletin, and, and uh, LRM are all kind of corroborating with one another on their own various single sources. So it looks like it's pretty much a go. Um, but again, there's not much more information uh, that we know there. And, and you guys can listen to the last, last week's show about, you know, what we thought about that in general. Um, and to end off the show, we did have the High Republic show that came out earlier this evening, and they revealed a bunch of new stuff that's coming out for the High Republic. We do have uh, this first thing. It's the art of the Star Wars, the High Republic, and I've been wanting this thing for the longest time because there's so many characters in the High Republic that I know a lot of us, it could be hard to be like, oh, who's that character? Or what do they look like again? Well, finally, we're going to get some sort of like reference book-esque thing that's going to kind of show us um, what these characters' designs look like, as well as, you know, descriptions and, and storytelling for, for how the project came to be. It's almost going to be like kind of like a biography-esque type of thing uh, for the series. But then they also released um, a whole list of the authors and the titles of the first uh, books of, of Phase 2, Wave 1. Uh, so I'll run through the list of those. We have the young adult novel called Path of Deceit that's written by Tessa Gratton and Justina Ireland. We also have the middle grade novel, The High Republic Quest for the Hidden City, that's written by George Mann. We also have our big Del Rey adult novel written by Zorada Cordova called Convergence. And then we have a whole bunch of comics coming out. Um, so as we talked about a couple months a couple months prior, Disney let go of their relationship licensing with comics with IDW. And now they're going to be starting up with Dark Horse Comics. So we have our first official uh, Dark Horse Comics. Uh, here we're talking about Dark Horse Comics with Claudia Gray. She's going to be writing a series called Quest of the Jedi. Um, and then in the prior months, we also had uh, confirmation uh, from, let's see, Daniel Jose Older is going to be writing a High Republic graphic novel for Dark Horse. We're also going to be having Charles Soule writing a Porter Engel, the Blitter Bardota uh, comic for Marvel. And Kevin Scott is also going to continue writing uh, the High Republic ongoing series when it relaunches in October. 
Uh, so there you go. There's a lot of a lot of High Republic stuff on the horizon. Um, I mean, it's kind of a given. We'll probably hear more about it at Celebration in a couple of months. I'm sure they'll have a big panel there telling us a lot more of what's to come. And uh, on the High Republic show, you know, they're very cagey. They had um, James Waugh, who's one of the story group people, and he was like hinting at what's the, these other um, projects that they're not ready to talk about. I, I hate when I, I, I get that people tease stuff, but sometimes it's just so annoying. It's like, yeah, of course they're going to say they have stuff. Why bring it up if they can't actually say what it is? You know, it's like, damn it. Especially with that previous story of me, like, saying, like, just announce this stupid show already so we can just stop saying it's a speculation. (laughs) Especially if it's shooting in June. That's right around the corner. You're going to have to acknowledge it eventually. What are you waiting for? Well, here's the thing, Chris, with you just said. So celebrations on May 26th. So that means if it would be shooting in June, they can go release some title on on celebration and say hey guys boom new live action show shooting in june um scheduled for 2023 or something you yeah. know it i think that's what if it does play out that way i think that's how they're going to end up announcing this higher public show is making it you know a big announcement at star wars celebration you know you'll have the kenobi stuff you'll also be like you know i'm sure they'll mention mando season three's um progress they'll mention ahsoka they'll mention all these things and they'll be like, oh, yeah, guys, we got this bonus show, too. Boom. Yeah. That's shooting in June. You know, I think it'll end up being something like that. Here's um, the, yeah. Yeah. I Here's mean, the thing, though, because June's literally a week later. I don't think they can keep a brand new series under wrap that's shooting, like, a couple weeks later. I think if enough of this stuff keeps coming out from these sources, they're going to be, they're off no choice. They're going to have to just acknowledge it because there's no way they can keep having leaks out here for a show that's shooting, like, Literally in three months, four months. We'll see. We'll see. It'd be cool to hold on to the secret that long, but I, I at least they'll have maybe. I just can't wait for the celebration to see how many panels they're going to have because it's going to be like, are they going to do like one big ass panel for all those live action series? Are they going to do one big ass panel for the movies? Are they going to separate them? Like have one panel for Mandoverse, have one panel for Andor, have one panel for the High Republic show? Like, there's going to be so much interesting organization stuff coming from that. And what worries me is that we're like three months away, basically. And we still haven't even gotten like official tickets on sale yet for the people that like let go of their tickets. Because there's still people like, hey, I sold my ticket from like two years ago. How am I going to get a new ticket to go again? Like none of that stuff is like there yet. So I'm like, pandemic is starting to get better. So we should start hearing this stuff soon. So anyway, um, we got a bunch of High Republic stuff coming out. We'll hear more at Celebration, I'm sure. And I think with that, we are finally through with all this news. Well, and hey, one one more quick thing to throw out there as well for the news. Um, I'm sure, well, I sent it to you guys earlier in the week. So in little video game news, um, it got reported that here soon on the Nintendo Switch, for anybody that's in the Nintendo Switch, Star Wars The Force Unleashed, the original game, is is mm. finally coming to Switch. So for anybody who has the Switch, check that game out because it's a classic, and I'm sure it'll be fun to play on one of those as well. Yeah, the only yeah, thing I, with I that... I still play it. Yeah. The only thing with that, bar in mind that this is the Wii port. This isn't even like the Xbox port, so it's going to be pretty rough from what I've... Yep. heard like it doesn't look that great and it's on hardware that's like three generations past the Wii so take mm. that with a grain of salt and just be prepared <laughs> it might not run or look that great 
These are basically they don't like upres the the definition I I believe they like literally just port it so it just plays so oh, wow. take with that what <laughs> you will this is not like you know Knights of the Republic remake that's coming out like in two years or whatever so but it's still cool that we're that the access for these games still exists and you you can play on your current hardware that's the main thing is like game preservation is such a big deal with today's day and age where we have all these great new games but a lot of us still like to go back to the old good old days of reenacting uh some nostalgia and having a good time with those memories so yeah there you go so you know this would have been an episode on its own to talk about the book of boba fett for like the entire two hours but hey we got a literally and we rushed through that news too we could have spent like a good episode on try each one of those subjects almost <laughs> but and here's the nature of the beast we'll probably get nothing next week and the week after and a week after that it's like okay it's nice to space out the news every once in a while but we we uh talk about what they give us or what we can find so so there you have a lot of rumors so uh, keep in mind a lot of that was rumors not not confirmed by lucasfilm as i try to give you guys the credit to uh wherever we're getting that information from but it's still some interesting uh, things to talk about. As far as for my channel this week, we mentioned it before. I have a couple videos relating to the Book of Boba Fett. I have something on the death of Cad Bane. Is he really dead? I have a little a video talking about, hey, what's the significance of, of that post credit scene? And some more stuff on the comics. So you can go ahead, check out that content. Share this with your buddies. Share this with your friends. If they want to get involved, tell them every Friday at 9 o'clock Eastern. We'd love to have them join in the conversation, such as The Lowdown Show, Christopher Weber, Scrambled Goose, Chris Forsyth, The Lowdown Show, Aaron Daly. Everybody there, thanks for joining us tonight. What's up with you, Ben? What are you up to these days? Um, This weekend, I uh, mainly just, uh, you know, lifting weights, uh, slowly dieting, lost a couple pounds here and there, so that's good. And then... Um, yeah, that's about it. You know, video gaming is always getting ready for the Super Bowl. It should be a good game. And hoping we get the Kenobi trailer. Hoping. I mean, I think it's a small chance, but I I really hope we do get it this weekend because by the time everyone's listening to this podcast, you know, they've likely seen it already if we've gotten it. So hopefully we have it by then. And uh, for anybody who would like to chat Star Wars or fitness or, you know, anything in between or sports, you know, you can find me anywhere at Real Ben Maynard on social media. And Ben? Actually, it's Milton. Milton, oh my God, you know what happened? Because my camera my camera turned off, so I'm wondering what the heck is going on. It's too funny. It's all good. People, were live. This is what happens. We're live. We always laugh and make fun of each other. Well, Milton, that means, okay, let me go through that whole spiel again. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, No, so what I'm doing this weekend, just, man, just relax and honestly just been one heck of a week with the with the day job so normally my normal routine is to work out on saturday like i always do relax hang out get ready for the super bowl hopefully it's a good game actually i'm kind of looking forward to the halftime show because a lot of our like musical idols growing up as kids fire gonna be really really good let's hope um and i'll probably honestly play some video games and just relax this weekend i have a three-day weekend so i'm not working on monday so it's kind of nice to get away but yeah, man, if you guys want to just talk Star Wars with me or just talk sports or fitness, um, I'm on Twitter at MiltonWeber7. Or if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Milton7Weber. So again, that's Milton7Weber on Instagram. 
There you go. And you guys can find me on the channel. I'll be talking more about Boba Fett this upcoming week. Trying to pull in some interesting topics for you guys to chat with me on the channel with. You can find me on youtube.com slash starraptor and on any podcast streaming service. Just search Outer Rim Transmissions and you can listen to us on the go. So for Milton, for Ben, for me, Star Raptor, aka Chris, that's going to do it for us here. Thanks for watching. And this was Outer Rim Transmission number 45 and transmission.